one of the things I learned from Sensei Benny, he always tells me, what's the purpose of what you do? Even does the techniques, what's the purpose of that move? And very politely. And I think, you know, 19 out of 20 times, he's right. He will learn, teach me. Are you looking for a way to drive growth, sales, communication, and retention in your academy? Kovar System's six-month program director course is designed to help members of your team thrive in the important role of program director. With step-by-step -step training, we will cover a wide range of topics, including prospect follow-up, overcoming objection, and securing enrollments. Our program will teach your team members to effectively communicate the values and benefits of martial arts, which can be a game changer in securing more enrollments at your academy. Our next six-month course starts on this date, so don't wait and visit our site, www.kovarsystems.com, to get your team enrolled in the upcoming course. Again, that's www.kovarsystems.com. Enroll now and get ready to see some real results in your business. Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Satori Masters Podcast, the ultimate resource for ambitious, hardworking school owners that want to get their business and their life to the next level. My name is Dave Kovar. I'm a lifetime martial artist, business owner, speaker, and author. My goal is to empower listeners with the knowledge and the tools they need to break through barriers and really get their business and their life to the next level. Thanks for watching and enjoy. Welcome to Satori Masters Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Kovar. I'm super excited about today's episode. I'm going to be speaking with one of my best friends on the planet, Master Farbor Zizhak. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. What a pleasure to be here, man. Oh, man. You know, it's it's like it's one of those things where uh, every time I talk to you, which isn't as often as it should be, I should reach out more often. I'm always like, I got to connect with Farbors more often. So I always get so much out of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm remembering back to my first exposure to you. We've known each other for like 35 years, I think. Yes, sir. Yes, so so, so like, like early, early 90s, 90s I'm guessing, guessing, something like that. Yeah. One of, one of the greatest things that came out of EFC was was meeting you, really. <clears throat> Yeah, well, and vice versa. And I, I think we actually knew each other through through Junery before that, I think, right? Yes. Through yes. the uh, Junery uh, 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 seminars. seminars. I think that's where I first met you. But I remember, I'd, I think I'd seen a video of you. Uh, what year did you do your video videos with Pan with um, uh, Panther? Panther, yeah, yeah Panther. Panther. Yeah, Panther Production, 1983. Yeah, yeah. So that was back. And I remember seeing, uh, you know, just this young kid, really talented guy. And I remember seeing you know, Hapkido and I wasn't expecting any kicking. You know how back in the day we kind of, you know, we had a certain view, way we looked at things. And and all of a sudden this guy just could do everything. And, and it was uh, anyway, that was you. So uh, thanks for being on the episode. So first off, uh, I, I would just kind of what I want to do today is just kind of talk story, talk about we've both been in this business a long time and kind of ups and downs and stuff. And, and uh, you know, you know, first and foremost, if you, I would love for people to kind of, uh, to uh, kind of hear your story about, you know, where you came from. I, I mean, obviously, you've lived in America since the mid '70s, I think. Is that about right? Or right, I came in seven, 1977. Um, I came, I left Iran uh, just before the revolution, the main revolution that happened, and uh, my mom wanted me out because uh, they were going to take me. I mean, that's a time when people. You know, trucks were picking up young boys in the streets and take them to the army, and they wouldn't even let their parents know. Wow! You know, and that—that that imagine that, right? It was a pretty scary time, and I was like thirteen, or you know, just about fourteen or something. And uh, my mom made arrangements, and uh, so to get me out of the country. And thank God, um, and thank really to like uh, Shah of Iran, who had this program for who like the gifted students could get scholarships 
to leave the country. But the deal was um, for every year that you were um, out of the country, you have to come back and work for us for three years. There was one, two, three, which is more than fine with me. I was I just wanted to get out. Right. So uh, that, that's how I came um, to U.S. on a scholarship. Then when the revolution happened, they canceled all the scholarships and they called us back. They said, OK, everyone has to come back. And, and I was like, no, I'm not going back. So that's how it ended up me being uh, staying here and by how, myself. And, and your, 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 your brother came over, your sister was here as well? No, no, no. My brother was here first, um, but he was not uh, with me when I arrived. He was in Chicago. So I came to California because I had a, um, like an application from uh, this high school in Santa Maria, which was actually the best thing for me because it forced me to live in an American family. Um, so no one, I had no friends who speak Farsi. So he really made me um, learn the language a lot. Better. And by the way, your English was perfect when you came over, right? Oh, I, I, nothing. I, <laughs> I was say one word. And uh, but you know what was strange is that people could not understand that I'm dark hair, um, don't speak English, and I'm not Spanish. So automatically, <laughs> the teacher said, "Oh, you don't want to speak English? No problem. Bring the English trans or Spanish translator." And I'm like, "I'm not Spanish." And but so, and this is before the. Um, just a little bit after the revolution and the hostages and all that stuff. And people had no idea where Iran was, you know? So I was kind of, a, you know, put to the side and it, it was a really hard time um, during that time. But it also made me a lot stronger. I always loved martial arts when I was back home. Um, I, did, I studied some Japanese systems in Iran. Then when I came here, I didn't do it in Santa Maria, but when I moved to L.A., I searched it out and I started training. Is that what you started? Lifesaver. What was it? you started with Steve Sexton? Was he your first instructor? Yeah, actually, you know what's weird? I was in Torrance first. I studied um, with Cam Yuan, which he's still around. He does Thai Mantis, um, Kung Fu. I remember going there for six months, but I just didn't feel like soft styles were my my thing. You know. Then we moved to the valley. We came to Woodland Hills. And uh, then I seeked out um, Steve Sexton, which was such a great thing for me. It was the right person, right time in my life. And I started training with him. Yeah. And you, like me, you know, uh, you opened real young. So you had a school yeah. like you opened, was it 1980 or 81 or something like that? 80, 80, actually, 82 is my, I got my black belt, but I had this school when I was a red belt. Wow. Because he was going to close the school. And uh, so I ended up kind of taking over. And then when I was a black belt, I remember starting the school with no students because all my peers quit. So, and I, <laughs> Who's I this young kid? Training. Who's this young kid that I outrank? Exactly. I'm not going to train with him. Right. And uh, but, you know, it, it's funny because I hear from them now, you know, same people, you know, and um, it's neat. It, this is one of the benefits of social media and Facebook and stuff. You know, we can find each other. People find me and they're like, I remember you. you know, and they're, and they're proud of you now, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, it's, I, I kind of run into the what they, It doesn't matter what they say. The tone of the voice is that they're proud. Yeah. You know, I, I get that a lot. You're kind of in the old school community because I was the young kid at the school and there was a bunch of people above me. And, and you know, I, it, social media, once again, they'll, they'll often like, oh, you know, and, and uh, I think for a long – anyway, they're, they're – they're, 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 at the end of the day, they're kind of proud that that I stuck it out and whatnot. And you know what's interesting is that 
uh, being an American Kempo stylist originally, when I started cutting back on curriculum, I remember all the local guys that were, especially the Kempo guys, thought, you know, who's this 21-year-old kid doing changing curriculum? I know you do the same thing. And, and like, the, you know, the gods, Kempo gods are rolling over in their graves, so to speak. And and all of a sudden, within a few years, I was like, how are you doing that again, Dave? Oh, how are you doing that? That works pretty good, you know? So it was, and I know you ran into the same thing. Oh, many, many, many times. You know, but uh, I remember um, an incident just, uh, you know, Master Jun Chung, who's been around forever, you know, he's in L.A. And uh, uh, he just had his 50th anniversary, which is great, which I was fortunate enough to go visit him. But he was the one of the only Koreans who, when I opened up, and maybe six months after I opened up, I remember I had testing. He showed up one day and he was in L.A., but his student, Simon Ree, was down the street from me, um, which was very intimidating. You know, actually having the Koreans around yeah. was very intimidating. And it, it's, it's great because now Simon is like one of my best friends, you know, but we weren't back then. But anyway, Jun Chung brought me uh, flowers and wow. said, you know, you took over for Steve. Just want to congratulate you. And for me, it was such a huge, huge private victory. And I'll never forget that. And when it was Jun Chung's day at the Martial Arts Museum, I went to him and I told him that, you know, he's his little gesture that sometimes we think it's nothing, you know, whatever, you know, that gesture made a huge, and I, and I was at a point in my life, I had just done the videos and all these Koreans were like, who is this guy, especially Persian guy who's going to come and, you know, teach Hapkido because I was the first one who did it. They were, you know, trash talking me and stuff, but he was like, don't listen to him. Don't do it. You just do your thing. Stick to what you're doing. And I never forget that, you know, or people like Bong Suhan, which Panther went to him. And said, would you like, you know, you should, when they came to me and I said, you should not do it with me. Go to Master Han because he's the man. But when they to- went to him, what a gentleman he is, you know, um, and he said, Hapkido needs young blood. Wow. You already talked to him. You, you, you do it, you know. And I never forget that those small gestures from true masters. Well, and I was fortunate enough to be at Bang Su Han's when, when he passed away. And, you know, we, we have lost a few gentlemen. Yep, great masters in our in our in our time, and he was definitely definitely one of them. But it was a small gesture, you know, someone does, or you know, anyway. Well, so it was, you're it was, uh, the, you're the you king know. of small gestures, and maybe now that, now that I hear that, maybe that's part of where you get that because through the years, like I, I can look, I can list so many things that you've done personally, gestures. Uh, you know, one of them was when when you did your fifty rounds, right? So just for those of you guys who are listening, both. Uh, if Mesh Farwars and I both, when we turned 50, we did 50 rounds. And I remember speaking with you ahead of time and I'm saying, only do one minute rounds. And you're thinking, no, man, I'm going to do two or three minute rounds. And I remember that day, you're about 20 rounds in, you said something like, I'm so glad you told me only do minute rounds. <laughs> but, Absolutely. but, but I, I remember getting a, a you know, a, a framed, you know, giant picture of the two of us sparring with an autograph from there, you know, and I got to think you didn't just do that for me. Probably was other people who were involved and like, what a a cool gesture. There's so many times through the years. And that kind of gets me, I want to, I want to kind of switch gears. You have an amazing culture in your school and it's one of those ones you have incredible longevity and, and, you know, people in the Valley, you're such a great connector. And, uh, and I mean, both with your students, but just in the martial arts community in general. And I want to start kind of like, you know, you've got, you know, uh, the list goes on and on and people to visit your school, you know, Chuck Liddell's kids trained with you and, and, uh, uh, and Dan and Asano's grandkids trained with you. And, 
and and the list goes on and on. Uh, uh, you know, when people come in, when Richard Norton's comes to town, he trains at your school, and Sensei Benny, of course, teaches at your school. And and uh, uh, so, what is it, Graciela? You know, Casillas, one of the most amazing martial artists on the planet. You know, she goes to your school and gets input from you. So, what what have you done to create a culture, such an open and welcoming culture? To first off, other just martial artists. How how do you go about that? How did you make that happen? Uh, I think, you know, years ago, um, I decided I need to be real. I can't, you know, BS people. I don't want to make shit up. Um, if I want something done, go find the right source, pay for it, whatever that means. And sometimes was to pay for it was money. But most of the time was other stuff, you know. But whatever it is, pay and, le and learn it from the source. And while these people are, I create um, – the best example is we talked about that before, about – uh, providing um, psychological air for people, you know, so they feel comfortable. And that's the same mm -hmm. thing of building a culture with students, you know. And Covey talks about this, and I love this. I always try to remember that with my kids, is that, like, you know, we're very interested in what we're talking about right now. But if somebody sucks the air out of this room, your room and my room, we're not interested in talking to each other at all. But now that it's there, we don't even think about it, right? So... I think my job as a father, as a father first, I sucked at it as a husband, but as a father first to provide psychological air so people can breathe and be themselves and be comfortable. And I think that's one of one of the reasons uh, we've been friends for a long time, me, you and Tom, is that we provide that for each other. And we 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 drop the, you know, I'm the man kind of thing. And we just kind of confess our sins right away. So. And the other person takes it. And I know you've listened to me, you know, so much, but there's no judgment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I could tell you the world that, you know, I've done wrong. And then next day you'll be calling me right back, you know? And so anyway, so I think the trick is not a trick, but to be real with people. But, but that takes years of um, listening well, and reading and, and searching and searching that, you know, um, you know, I'm going to, when I went to Turkey, I, I was really studying um, Rumi, and I went to uh, his grave. Um, and you know, some of, one of the things he talks about, he says uh, which means that the lover is right here. What you search for is right here. What you going out there for people to seek in other people, you already have it. You just have to open up and people will come. You build it, you know, uh, people will come and you, we, you end up this culture where everybody's very real. There's no acting, you know, and, and I'm so fortunate, you know, and, and everyone, including you, you know, I only have a handful of people that I look up to, but their relationship gets better every time. It doesn't get worse well, because I didn't meet you at your best. Then start coming down. You know, I'm, I met you at the you know, low and every time we're like, oh, my God, he's doing this now. Oh, my God, he's now he's, you know what I mean? Now, on top of that, you know, and, and that's kind of the relationships I want. I don't want to meet people at my top because then people find out I'm human right? <laughs> and they start chipping away. Right. So yeah. anyway, well, so that answered that question. I think giving, uh, creating an atmosphere where you people have psychological air and make it a second home. You know, yeah, and like you, Sensei Benny, you know, he's that's his second home. Yeah, well, you do that so well. And one of the things that you do incredibly well uh, and that, that I always just notice is that you listen. I, you kind of just said it. You, you kind of listen to people. You sincerely hear them. And interesting, this morning I'm at the gym 
And uh, I'm, there's a guy I see there all the time. And, you know, we nod, you know, back and forth and we small talk. And I saw him yesterday. I went in late and I saw him yesterday. But, you know, we're both uh, changing out in the locker room and uh, you know, we're small talking back and forth. And, and he goes, uh, you know, I'm, Bo- I'm Brian, by the way. I never asked him his name, right? And I go, oh, yeah, I'm Dave. And and then and then I asked him. I go, yeah, uh, yeah. I see because I saw him in the in the in the yoga room yesterday. I was stretching out, and he was doing a yoga routine. I saw you doing, you know, doing. Looks like you're doing some good yoga yesterday. And then he proceeded to tell me about uh, his workout and what he was doing now. And I realized I didn't. I wasn't even listening. I was waiting for him to get done ta- talking so that I could tell him what I was doing. And it didn't even occur to me until after I, you know. And it was clear. It had to be clear to him that I didn't hear a word he said because. I didn't respond like, wow, that's great that you're doing that. Bottom line is it says the weights are getting really hard on my shoulders. I need to give them a break. I'm going to do yoga for a while, right? I did hear him, but I, you know, I didn't take that time to acknowledge because I was too excited to, to share with him whatever I was doing. You know what I'm saying? And 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 it's it's a habit that I've got to get better at. And I think it's something you do incredibly well. I want to switch gears completely. Uh, yeah. And, and but you've been teaching, you know, for 40 plus years now. You've had a school and you probably, like myself, probably have grandkids of kids that you taught, right? Uh, yes, sir. And what, what is your take? I mean, what are we doing as a, as a, as an industry? You know, how do, you know, how do you see martial arts? What, you know, what have you seen happen that makes what we do so unique and important? Um, I think, you know, I have, uh, and you, you do too, you know, we have personal trainers who come and train with us. They're in the best shape, but after two minutes of, you know, training with us, they're like out of breath. And, and, and they're like gods of cardio or, you know, whatever they do or weightlifters or, you know, um, we're so fortunate because we attract all these other professionals. They come to us because we do one thing that can help them in whatever it is they do. And that's being mindful. When you fight, when you grapple, you're there with someone or you're punching the bag, you cannot afford to think about other stuff. And most sports don't offer them that, that um, attribute right there. To mm-hmm. be in the moment, you know, to think about, and so when they when they do that, there's a release that oh my god, all day long I'm thinking about two hundred things, but here after five minutes, it was such a release, my mind just relaxed, right? And uh, I think that's one of the greatest benefits of of what we do and how how the martial arts helps them. But we need to do that. We need to be constantly aware of who we're teaching, you know, what level of professional, how old they are, what level of learning they are, and if they're open to coaching. Because the worst thing, as you know, is to teach someone who doesn't want to learn. Right. That's like a pulling teeth. Right. But God, when you get someone who gets excited, you know, but you can't overdo it either because they walk away with 200 techniques. They're not going to remember one thing. So, you know, in my mind, I, as a computer, I have to just need to think about who is this person? Do I have their permission to coach them and make sure I don't give any life lessons because they're not there for that. They're, they're, they're successful in all other areas of their life. So who am I to tell them about, you know, um, so I, I, I don't want to give advice, but I provide a space for them to challenge themselves. Then they open up and they have questions, you know, and. You know, when they come here for a moment, I think every man, and I, I, I'm a man myself, so I can only point, have my own point of reference. I, I would imagine every woman also wants to be a black belt mm-hmm. and wants to learn how to fight. They all pretend it, but they all want to, right? So this will give them that chance 
to be out there. And something gets released when they punch the bag or they kick the bag. And they can do, do it, you know, 10 of them in a row. But something happens in number seven and eight that's magical. And you can see it in their eyes. And the trick is to stop the training, make sure they make a um, conscious effort of recording them second. Oh, I saw that. I saw that look. What was that like? Tell me about it. And they're like, oh, my God. So what I call joy, joy in training. Because we have happiness, we have pleasure. But joy, man, there's a second they get it. They get it. They just feel good about themselves. And yeah. we, keep, yeah. we work on that over and over again, right? But if you break that and have them go do something completely different, it's not going to work, right? So I'm, my blessing is, thanks to Sensei Vinny again, is to recognize that in people and stop them and let them enjoy it. Yeah, so, you know, it's so powerful. And I think what makes martial arts, one of the other things that makes martial arts unique as compared to, you know, nothing wrong with fitness kickboxing. You, know, you go to a gym oh, and the guy's gone through a weekend. Great. It's a good workout. But the element of realism, you know, the, the liveness of it, even if it's light training, light, light sparring or grappling, is it? it's kind of like you really have to face this whole nother level of fear. And it's kind of like, you, you know, you, I think it's important that people find a way to, uh, you know, embrace their shadow, so to speak, you know, to have a chance to go, holy crap, you know, this guy's trying to hit me or trying to, uh, you know, armbar me or, or I'm in front of all these people that are watching me perform. There's, there's something, there's so many lessons that can benefit oh, yeah. when, when, you know, I, when I learn how to perform I, I, under I, pressure. I, I want to give you a little credit for something else, which has to do with the subject, you know, with the COVID and everything, um, I personally got away with uniforms. I said, you know what? We don't need to wear uniforms. Well, first of all, we couldn't get them anyway. Then, right. was, then people like, oh, we can get them. People start wearing our T-shirts, different color pants, which was okay. But I never forget a couple of years ago when you came and you did a seminar for us. And you're like, you know, I asked him, I said, can you give me some feedback? He goes, my first feedback is get get uniformity. Get people to start wearing uniforms, kind of look the same. And I was like, mm, yeah, but it's working for me. I didn't listen with my ears and eyes at the same time but it's funny every professional person who comes here wants to wear a white belt they want the uniform they want i don't care what level they are every kid comes in you can give them a pair of boxing gloves but the first question is i want when, when can i get a uniform and when i tell them we don't wear uniforms here we wear a t-shirt they're like oh okay but it's a kind of a letdown for mm -hmm. them you know what I mean? And yeah. and now we're getting back into uniforms and, you know, make it mandatory and getting back into it. And I tell you, there's such an excitement. Like, I've never seen this teenage girl who's so picky about what they wear. They get that black uniform. They're, like, so proud. Like, well, you know, it's a prom dress. You know, it's kind of like it's 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 become, you know, it, it's, you know, uh, uh, you know, become, behave, believe belong and 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 i think there's a lot to be said and if you look at like you remember i don't know if you played sports as a kid you know for me it was little league getting my uniform almost you know you know and to this day you know you're on the uh our, at our at our pro mac international we had a couple months ago uh you know there was this one team of there was five people that they showed up in perfectly matching um you know uh tra track suits you know and uh what's the word i'm looking for yeah, yeah, anyway but you know even the shoes matched and it looks so sharp and you could 
tell they're all proud of that. And I think that that you, since the dawn of time, you know, being a part of the team, it kind of has to do with fit in, right? So I, I, I'm glad to hear you doing it. Can you be successful without it? Of course. But I think there's something in the valuable when when you step out on the floor and you know you're, you're, you you match the other people. And you know, also if you look at if you watch any football or basketball or baseball team during practice, guess what? They're not wearing whatever they want. They're wearing the the practice uniform of the day. Yeah. And I think like to talk about little things. These are all the little things that builds a culture, right? And uh, so I, and I never forget when you told me that because I remember sitting with my son and my daughter. We we're having uh, dinner together, and I asked you for that, and you told me that, and I, it made me think. But now that I'm doing it, I kick myself. I'm like, God, I should have listened, you know. Well, uh, it's interesting. But- it's interesting you say that because we've slipped through the years a little bit. We are still wearing a uniform, but at, at first I was really anti go to t-shirts because I was worried about what was going to happen. And it did happen and that we have, you know, six different t-shirts going on and, you know, all of a sudden we're not as uniformed. I always have liked personally where you walk on the floor and everybody's got a matching uniforms. So I just think there's something really pristine and elegant about that. And I think it sends a, a unique message and, and do you have to do it? No, but, but uh, I, I think it's an additional match. So, the, the next thing I would want to ask you about this is that um, from a standpoint of, you know, you've been doing this a long time and you, you, you spent a lot of time on yourself. You're one of those guys that's always trying to improve. Uh, what, what would you say, you know, what, what personal habits do you have that, that, that really, uh, you know, help you to guard your, 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 what your mindset, you know, that keep you kind of on, on the, on the, on the path? Well, you know, making myself important. I think it's the biggest thing, um, you know, that, you know, as much as I love my kids, if I'm not there, uh, you know, uh, that's not going to help do anything for them. And again, going back to you, you've been always a master of that, you know. Um, and I, I just read a book, which I just posted. It's called The, the Advice Trap, which is um, a really interesting book because it talks about, you know, I generally like to give advice, but, you know, he talks about why uh, why is it important that you always ask before you give advice? Hey, are you opening? Are you open to some coaching? And that's something uh, again, going getting, giving you credit. You've always done that with me. You're like, hey, you know, buddy, let's talk about. Can I just tell you something? Are you open? You know, to this, and it, that sets the mood for me to get home. Okay, I need to listen to this rather than just plain advice. You know, and I need to. Uh, one of the things I learned from Sensei Benny, he always tells me, "What's the purpose of what you're doing?" Even does have the techniques. So what's the purpose of that move? And very politely. And I think, you know, 19 out of 20 times, he's right. He will learn, teach me something. But one time out of 20, he'll like what I do. And I go, he, and he goes, I want to do that too. That's a great idea. But so again, going back to, you know, what's the purpose? What's a, why, why are you giving advice? And I look back at myself and I went, I just wanted him to know that I know. <laughs> like you know, I want to. I was trying to be. I'm trying to be ignorant. I'm sorry, not ignorant. Arrogant, because that's gotcha. the difference between confidence and arrogance. Right? They're both same school. Just one of them needs you to know. Right? <laughs> it's like, I, I never looked, looked at, at it that way. way. You know, it's it's, it's, it's like, like someone. I I have been told. I don't know how you feel because I feel like you're a super humble guy, and I've been told, Mr. Colbar, you're really a humble guy. The reality is, I'm not at all. I have a very strong self-image. I'm just really good at not mentioning it. You know. But this this book really kind of opened it up to me. Like, you know, make sure who you who it is you're giving advice to, 
are you giving it to yourself? <laughs> are you, you want to bounce back? You know, you're looking for validation. Um, whatever it is, think twice before you give advice, if, if, especially when they're not asking for it. But if they ask for it, that's one thing, you know. Um, so, but you know, don't talk. Just keep doing, you know. And like, well, I, I want to clarify. I, I want, want to clarify, clarify something you said. You said, said I, I, uh, to make yourself important. And for the people listening, what 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 I believe you meant was is take care of yourself so you can be there for your family. Yeah, yeah and I, it goes. You know, it, and you again, I keep going back. You 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 know, as much as we don't talk as much, but you're always in my mind about being such a great example. You know, but I I, I personally need to train more. I need to go to the gym. I need to to uh, see what I eat better. You know, what I put in my body um, as far as reading or spending time or, you know, it's never going to be enough. But thanks to you, I've picked up some great habits in gardening. I've been doing that for the last 10 years because of you, you know, and, and that's giving me joy, right? It's my time. I don't have to do anything to it, you know. I mean, sometimes I take pictures and, you know, post it and stuff. But it's such a joy to do that, you know, or eat right or do something that's just for me. You know, and I, I think a lot of times being teachers, we only, I should just say me, I want to do the right things in front of people. But if I'm not in front of people, I, I don't care. I, I'll do whatever. Right. It's just saying there is no. That's not true, but I get what you're saying. But, but you know what I mean? There's no, yeah. there's no difference. There shouldn't be a difference between public life, private mm -hmm. life and a secret life. I mean, yeah, we all have a secret life and that's fine. But the private and public one should be the same. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we live in this. Oh my God! I, I, I'm the sensei now. I'm this now. I'm this now. You know what I mean? So kind of, kind of goes back to what you were talking about at the very beginning. Is just kind of being yourself, being real. Well, I, I want to take from that. I want to throw out a couple of mindsets because you kind of touched on two of them, and the first and last of our mastery mindsets. The very first one is I take great care of myself because the world needs me at my best. And and you know you teach what you most need to be here. And I can't tell you how many times that reminding myself of that mantra has got me to you know to have you know, not eat that second bowl of pasta that I didn't really need or do my workout, right? And the other one that you kind of touched on is, is I take care of the days and the years take care of themselves. And it's a reminder that with good habits, time is your ally. With bad habits, time is your enemy. And you know, what, what can I do to establish the most amount of good habits? Because you know, it, 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 it doesn't look like much by the day, but all of a sudden, you know, six months go by and man, you've made massive progress. So, so what, what is, is on the agenda yeah, going, going forward? What are you excited about? Um, okay, before I go to that one, let me tell you, I went shooting yesterday with my kids. They all wanted to. And when they were little, they went. But now all three of them are you know, older. And we went. And it's funny because um, we were all having, having a great time. We're shooting and stuff. And, and, and my son turns around and says, um, says, God, this is so fun. We should do this more often. And Katana, my little one, who's actually not little anymore, 14, turns around and goes, Arya, we're doing it right now. <laughs> just now. And, you know what I mean? And I, I just got to remember that because I, I, I complain, oh, we should be doing this more. But we're doing it right now. So let's just really literally enjoy this. I don't care about later if we do it. Anyway. So no, that's such an important, important distinction. distinction. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's huge. No, what I'm excited is um, I'm heavily going back into uh, – uh, weight training again. So okay. I'm going to the gym. I want to. I want to build more because I feel my best when I uh, when I feel when I feel stronger. Yep. Um, just taking a physical. I have some challenges that are preventable. I can do something about it. Thank God, you know. Um, and just make sure I'm I'm around for my kids. You know, more than anything. Um, 
I talked to you. Remember John Will? Of, of course. course. Of course. Yeah, he's the man, man. Anyway, he's, yeah, he's, he's got right. his, he's, he's, uh, if, if you guys, John, John Will is uh, one of the original Dirty Dozen uh, Jiu-Jitsu black belts. He's an amazing practitioner out of Australia, but he's also a very deep guy. And if you don't follow him on social media, he's got some great stuff to say. So go ahead. Yeah, he's the man. Anyway, so I just saw him on Facebook that he's in Turkey. So I, I texted him and said, hey, you know what? I have a good friend in Turkey. Um, it could be a potential seminar for you later. But if you need to reach out, reach out to Adnan, which is my good my, my friend. And it's funny. He's, he wrote me back. He says, Fari Boys, you know, first of all, I love you. I've always loved you. But I am um, completely retired. I'm done with seminars. I planned 15 years ago for this day, and it happened last week. I'm officially financially retired. I'm done. I don't want to do seminars. I only want to train with the people I want to, and I only want to teach the people I want to. But it was such a joy wow. in his yeah. voice. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, what a great place to be. And I congratulated him. I said, you know, here I am trying to help you, you know, maybe get another seminar or whatever. But that's not where he's at. Yeah. He just wants to be in Turkey to enjoy Turkey. He wants to sightsee and he doesn't want to think about anything else. And uh, again, what a great teacher. Yeah, right? yeah. And amazing guy, no doubt about these, it. All these little, little things and to think about, you know, God. What day is this? Today's, today's like when you ask us, Benny, what is it? What today is today? Is it Tuesday? It was no, sir. It's a great day. Like, what do you mean? It's a great day, man. This guy, he's, you know, he's hurt. You can't see. Sometimes you can't hear. You know, he has surgery in his hand, you know, or every everything that can go wrong. His attitude, uh, unshakable. You can't yeah. shake this guy, you know, and he steps into the mat. This is my office. You know, sometimes I see him sit in the uh, sit, sit by the ring, and uh, and I go, "Is everything okay?" He goes, "No, no, no, I'm just relaxing in the office." You know, and I'm thinking, you know, it took me years to understand that, but that's his that's his thing, you know. Um, so we ask people not to play around in the ring, all the kids, and don't go in there play around, because I want to tell them, "Hey, this is you know." But so what, what I videoed Sensei Benny doing that and saying that, and I show it to the kids. I go, "See." This is this is the man who was you know that was his thing, you know, that's the arena. We don't go in there and play around, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so no, uh, so guys, for those of you listening, uh, he, he's, he's referring to Sensei Benny the Jetarkitas, who is arguably the best uh, um, kickboxer that's ever lived. An amazing guy, and I've had the privilege of you know being with him so many times due to you at your school, and it's like a, and a, just a real honor to be able to get to know him. And and here's a guy that is one of the most talented athletes in the martial arts arena ever, but one of the one of the the, the, the best, best examples you could ever ask for as far as how to live yeah. the lifestyle. Totally. totally. Yeah. Yep. Well, well, hey, man, I, 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 I want to let you have your day back. back. I, I, just, just before I leave, what, what advice? Let's just say I've opened up a school a couple years ago. I'm struggling to grow it. You know, from your perspective, give me a couple quick pointers, things that I could do to, to uh, you know, to, to, to keep my passion strong and make, make this career work for me. Um, I think um, the biggest thing will be don't mix shit up. Don't reinvent the wheel. Um, role model, find a couple of schools. First of all, define what success is to you. Whatever that is, look someone who has it and go see how they've done it, right? Put your, add your personal taste later. If you want the recipe of this great thing, do what they're telling you, then add your taste later and judge it by results, not by your mood. That's, I think that's the biggest thing I would tell someone right away is make sure you have all this stuff set 
before you actually open up, you know, open up a school or you start your school. Very good. Thank, Thank you. you. All, All right, my friend. It's always a pleasure hanging and talking with you. We got to we got to get together soon. And and uh, if anybody want to ever get a hold of you for anything, how would they do that? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, barryboards.com. I you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm you know uh, social media is easy to find me. I love to connect with people. All right. All right. Well, well, thank you so much, much sir. Thank, thank you for your time. It's an honor, as always, to bro. talk with and you. If, and, if, and if I haven't said this before, thanks for years of friendship, man. Uh, uh, vice versa. Vice versa. Vice Take, Take care, care, man. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in today to our podcast. I hope you found it valuable and inspirational. To stay connected, please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you go for your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a five-star review. And we really, uh, sincerely, would appreciate some feedback. Your feedback helps us to create high-quality content that will help others in the future. If you'd like to follow me, you can go to Dave Kovar on Facebook or Hanchi Dave Kovar on Instagram. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you on next episode.